we have been replacing organisms in their hundreds of thousands by the monoculture of humans and the monoculture of the food systems needed to sustain those humans, hence it is obvious that life forms, plants, trees, animals, have been getting scarcer on the planet. By the extent and biodiversity of life I am referring to plant and animal life. I am suggesting that the mere facts that, a, the land area of the earth is devoid of vegetation for up to half the year after the crop growing season when previously it was fully covered and, b, urbanization has converted vast areas of vegetation into concrete means that the total numbers of organisms, plant and animal life, in terms of biomass must have decreased over the past 100 years and will continue to decrease the longer these trends continue. If we go on this way we will only have humans and a few food crops and livestock and its feeds left on the planet one day from the million-odd species that once existed. I do not think that my observations that total number of individual organisms on the planet as well as the biodiversity of living beings have been decreasing are in dispute. There is a suggestion that crops utilize land more intensively than natural vegetation. I am not so sure. It appears to me that no cropping system uses land more intensively than the grasses, savanna, which generate more biomass during the course of the year. And the grasslands in turn generate food webs and ecosystems to further increase biomass production from the land. Secondly, as human populations grow and incomes grow people want bigger houses that utilize more natural resources, using up living organisms, and which require more of the land to be devoted to urbanization. So there is less land area available for living organisms to survive in nature. What this has to do with ethics is simple, increased populations and obesity from the greed of consumption resulting from high incomes accruing from economic growth as countries develop will put additional pressures for converting more forests into farmland thereby causing further decimation of biodiversity. It is an ethical question whether we are the only species deserving to survive on this planet and therefore whether we should continue to increase our demand on natural resources through the greed culture generated by capitalism. Global human population is expected to stabilize by the year 2050 but this is too long to wait before we take action, the world population then will be another 3 billion extra humans demanding the resources of the environment which will have dwindled even further with further losses of other living organisms. I therefore see this as a problem of great importance that needs to be put to ethical examination. In the anthropocentric view of the world and in the universe the environment exists for domination by man in order to serve man. The definition of anthropocentric is centering the universe in man. Why is the anthropocentric view justified? The theistic perspective is that the universe was created by God for the arrival of man eventually as part of the intelligent design. One school of thought considers that God did this in order that creation could be appreciated as a miraculous wonder in all its dimensions. Hence man got his mind so as to make him think about who he is and what his purpose is in the universe. So everything that exists in man's surroundings was made available to him for his use to meet his needs. In the atheistic perspective evolution has taken place randomly in accordance with genetical mutations and adaptations to the environment over billions of years and humans sit on top of the food chain in the same way that dinosaurs once did as they roamed the earth. As the biologically most successful species humans have conquered all other species and tamed them into zoos and nature reserves. So without any consideration of how we humans were created we evolved to dominate the environment and changed it to meet our needs. There was no challenge to man from any other being. So either way the anthropocentric view of the world and the universe is the justifiable position to adopt. That is the first rule on environmental ethics. As human population continues to rise and economic development progresses across the world progress of development is therefore a question of deriving whatever one can from the environment until it has no more to give humans. So what are human needs and how best is this attained are the only relevant questions. This anthropocentric view does not, seemingly, 
lose any sleep over the considerable losses in biodiversity brought about by man's taming of the environment over the past 200 years, and especially in the past 50 years when urbanization has increased manifold across the world. But is this view sustainable? Does not man need biodiversity for his survival? If he does need biodiversity it has to be a central part of his ethics of environmental management and economic development. So let us examine the value of biodiversity to man. A. Humans are a consumer of biodiversity, which provides food of different tastes and nutritional value to man. B. Biodiversity has value in the conversion of inorganic compounds in nature to range of food types and interdependent organisms within ecosystems. C. Biodiversity is a genetic resource that scientists can study to learn how different species adapted to different environments across the globe. This knowledge can be utilized to produce things that are of value to humans. D. Biodiversity give pleasure to the human being by their very existence. E. All animals adapt biochemically and physiologically to their environment so that man bereft of the biodiversity in his surroundings may not live as healthily as he has in the past. For these reasons it can be argued that man needs biodiversity for this survival. If this is accepted, we need to ask, does our ethics see value in preserving the global biodiversity by enforcing measures that stop demand on resources rising? This question is relevant because human demand for natural resources increase with prosperity and population, thereby causing concomitant reductions in the availability of natural resources for other organisms in nature. The ethics question the economics pursued by human societies in the global economy as well as raising the issue of what is the optimal human population that achieves balance in nature. The value of biodiversity lies in appreciating that life is a wonderment impossible to create and so needs conservation in nature reserves. If people are doing something that is immoral and unjust, it has to be stopped. The question then is why do we assume that some humans have a right to unlimited wealth from the environment whilst others live in poverty and there is no room for other organisms? There are two people who have become rich in the Western developed nations and so are putting enormous pressures on land and water resources and natural wildlife habitats and ecosystems, and directly on the wildlife through causing poaching and hunting, that has decimated biodiversity over the past 100 years. Enough is enough. We must now have zero tolerance towards further losses in biodiversity. This is because once a species is lost from extinction it is gone forever and we get poorer mankind as a result. The environment is the only wealth that we possess and it therefore needs careful management. Biodiversity is part of that wealth. So we must now make a big effort to reduce the pressure we collectively put on the environment by reducing our demand on natural resources. This is easily accomplished by dampening the economies of the developed nations and by stopping the human population globally from growing further. The least coercive way to attain these objectives is by imposing high interest rates on credit, taxes on wealth accumulated and taxes on the number of children that people have. If that offends some it is a small price to pay to develop a vibrant biologically active earth to live in. As land prices rise due to overpopulation people are forced into smaller homes because house prices are so high. This does not mean that people would like smaller homes. They will demand higher salaries and those with high incomes will go for big houses with driveways and gardens which is bad for the environment. We have two options, limit economic growth or limit population growth. The choice is in the hands of the governments. If one does not wish to impose limits on the number of children a couple is allowed to have, the only way to preserve biodiversity is to aim for zero economic growth, that is to frustrate demand through very high interest rates and taxes for example. If one does not wish to demolish the capitalist model of development in this way the only way to preserve biodiversity by limiting population growth. One can of course do both if one wishes to. Either way we limit excessive demand on natural resources to preserve ecosystems. 
If a nation values individual freedom it would not wish to impose limits on humans on its biological activity of having normal sex and children and would therefore pursue the objective of limiting demand only through macroeconomic tools as suggested. For those nations who do not see a problem about imposing limits on human sexual behavior they should consider taxing a couple for every child over the three they are permitted to have to steady the global world population at present levels, three, and not two children, to make up for childless couples, one-child couples, and cases where children who do not get up to breeding age. On women and birth rates the ethical issue is simple, should women, and men where the decision is a joint one, be left free to generate as many children as they feel like regardless of their resources to raise them to look after them throughout their lives? If the answer is no, is it then fair that the very rich are allowed as many children as they like when the poor are not allowed? No again so we impose the limit that I proposed. The suggestion is nothing new, http colon slash slash n.wikipedia.org slash wiki slash antinatalism. It should be noted that excessive demand on world natural resources is not a problem caused in poor countries where people live on the breadline, cannot pay taxes, and have very low life expectancy. It becomes a problem as countries become richer and produce heavy demand from high incomes, high life expectancy and immigration where the macroeconomic tools that I have suggested will be effective in the cause of preserving global biodiversity. In considering the ethics of environmental management we ask if people are doing something that is immoral and unjust, it has to be stopped. The question then is why do we assume that some humans have a right to unlimited wealth from the environment whilst others live in poverty and there is no room for other organisms? Also, humanists and feminists in particular show concern about the impact of this proposal on women's sexuality and reproductive rights, to which I say, do you know how much biodiversity has been lost by nature by human actions in the past 100 years? Do you see no value in the life of any plants and trees, a protozoa, a worm, an insect, a frog? a turtle, a bird, an alligator, a chimpanzee, a lion, an elephant or a rhinoceros? I find it baffling that a thing of utter wonderment in terms of how it works and that has thus far been impossible to create in the laboratory, that is life, is not regarded universally as being valuable even when it gets increasingly scarce in the planet. Loading. February 18, 2014, posted by Shantanup, uncategorized.